Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you would like to join a community of like-minded agency owners and scale your business while doing so, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call to explore options on how we can help you scale your agency. What is good agency owners? This is Jordan Ross, founder of Eight Figure Agency, a consultancy that helps you escape agency prison and build a multi-eight figure business where you can live the dream and just fucking ball out because that's what we like to do. Today, really fun conversation. I got my two fucking boys. This is only like the second or third time I've ever brought friends on the show. We got Kevin Niehoff and Ben Faze. These guys are local with me in Santa Monica. I went to Ohio State with both of them and we did some illicit activities that I won't mention like... Um, Definitely didn't do acid with them. That didn't happen. These guys are the founders of Pretty Boy Skincare. They have an epic story. I really, really, really love how they've gone about their business, starting with a true problem. And I think a lot of people go into the e-com game and starting a physical product game with the desire to make money. And I think their story is unique because Kevin had a specific problem and developed something from scratch. So if you are considering listening to the show, you're going to want to stick all the way through. These guys took an idea to product to launch. And I truly believe these guys will be an eight and nine figure business. So you're going to want to listen to this because in the next five to 10 years, when you see this on the shelves all over the fucking country, you're going to be able to say, oh, I listened to that podcast. So with that, um, Kevin, Ben, what's good, boys? Good to see you. What's good, brother? How are we doing? I mean, we're doing drugs. We've never done drugs before. I don't do that on Tuesdays. All right. So for everyone that doesn't know you guys, who's Kevin and Ben? What is Pretty Boy? Yeah, sure. I mean, I kick things off. I'm Kevin, Cincinnati, Ohio, the best uh, city in Ohio, as Ben would agree to. I would agree to. Jordan's an honorary Ohioan. But yeah, from Cincinnati, Ohio, play football at Ohio State. It's where Ben and I met, been best friends since freshman year, and now still best friends out in California. And we'll say, we'll throw Jordan in there too. Best friends with Jordan as well. Yeah, man. And I'm Ben. Less good looking half of the pretty boy dream team, but the one who is actually from the best city in Ohio, which is Cleveland. Dude, I think. Cleveland's fucking trash, bro. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we can debate the merits all day, but the objectivity needs to guide us forward in this discussion. And <laughs> there's one right answer there. But yeah, been best friends with Kevin since freshman year used to bullshit about starting a company together we've gone over about probably 50 plus different ideas some of them were absolutely terrible i guarantee there was a trillion dollar idea in there somewhere that we just weren't ready to act on at the time and then we kind of found this one which has proven so far to find some element of product market fit but like you said i think the key thing here is there was a, a real problem in the space there was a real problem in our own lives and that's what was the driving factor towards making this the one that we actually committed to and put in the work. What is Pretty Boy? What <laughs> is the product that's available? Because I know we're, we're going to have more products in the skincare line, but what is available as of today, the 18th of April, 2023? <laughs> I didn't know what month we were in. 
as of April 18th, 2023, we have one product in market. I guess technically two, Kevin's Hat, the No Bad Days merch line has officially launched as well. But our hero product was a moisturizer and it's a moisturizer to combat what we saw was a gap in the space, which was guys are already relatively resistant to skincare, but open to trying it. They just felt like there weren't brands that really aligned with them that didn't have the quality of ingredients that treated the conditions they wanted in a simple format. Guys want simplicity. Guys care a lot about things like texture. So how it feels when you actually put it on, you want to look good, feel good. And that goes beyond just actually feeling confident in yourself. You want it to actually feel good on your face. But I think the most important part of why that moisturizer got launched is kind of Kevin's story and what he experienced with eczema and how he was in college with, you know, hiding certain products, which he'll go into. But there's a, a whole world of skincare that a lot of guys needed to be opened up to. And again, a problem in our own lives led us there. And Kevin, I mean, talk about your eczema because that was truly the coolest part mm-hmm. about this, making a product that the founders would actually use, had to, needed to use because there wasn't anything else out there to meet that need. We've been working on this company for maybe three years, but I think it kind of goes back all the way to, you know, when we were freshmen in college. And, you know, I, I obviously, you know, had eczema, Ben actually, you know, dealt with a lot of skin issues himself growing up. But yeah, I mean, it started back freshman year of college. Like most guys didn't have a, a skincare routine growing up, you know, being outdoors all the time. And freshman year, um, I was playing football at Ohio State and I started getting pretty red, severe breakouts all over my face and didn't really know how to handle them like most guys and was later, you know, diagnosed with a form of eczema. And the only way to treat it was through, you know, a proper skincare routine. There isn't like a cure for it and having to go obviously see a dermatologist and looking back at that, Ben and I have both been going to a dermatologist for over 10 years and, and just backtracking real quick too. You know, it is funny. We took on the name pretty boy. What, you know, we're saying is used to be a negative connotation. It's kind of the feel for our brand back in 2012 when skincare wasn't really prominent, starting to pick up now for men. When you start getting these breakouts, you know, it does become a confident issue. I was playing football at Ohio state. We consider myself a, confident individual, but I was hiding makeup below my sink to cover up all these rashes. And it's just funny, you know, how the nature of the world's changed and being more confident in who you are as a person. And we really wanted to kind of take that persona on with pretty boy. You know, everyone's a pretty boy. Now everyone works out, everyone eats healthy and we wanted to have some fun with it too. Everyone's a pretty boy now, but Ben and I've been going to the dermatologist for like 10 years and met freshman year, always wanted to start a business and COVID hit. And I took this e-com course on how to build an econ business. And like Ben said, we'd always play with all these ideas and there had to be a trillion dollar one in there for sure. But like most founders, it was a problem that both of us dealt in our lives. Me with eczema, Ben with bad acne growing up, having oily skin and not knowing what to do about it. You would bring these products to dermatologists and they'd be like, never let you use this product. There wasn't really a brand out there that spoke to us as individuals, as active males that also had the quality that we could use. There's a million different products for women out there. You go down the aisles, there's lines of them. Where was the product for men? Skin is definitely skin at the end of the day, men and women, you know, they both have skin, but we're different consumers as men. We want different things out of skincare. So where was that high quality brand that, you know, was simplified, not 10 products? Where was that brand that had the texture guys want? didn't make your face feel crazy. It wasn't these white thick creams that you put on your face and feels like you're wearing a mask all day. That brand that had performance like we talked about. And then that brand that, you know, has that alignment for you as an individual and speaks to you as a consumer. 
which was us as active males, kind of a more lifestyle brand. And we couldn't find it. So, you know, started working on this three years ago with one of my best friends. He might tell you differently, but he's the brains behind the operation. I couldn't have done this without him. So highly recommend to people listening. Starting a business is so hard in itself. Definitely try to find that co-founder because it makes it one more fun and two, all the easier. I love it. This relates a lot to me because I remember I went to the dermatologist for the first time in 11th grade, which is 2011. And I had horrible acne in school. So I had those weird, those like, just, you know, remember like when you go to the dermatologist, they give you the thing, you have to turn up down and you poke the hole and you actually could start to squeeze it. Dude, I was going to, in Columbus, I was going to the dermatologist to like, what were those injections that you could do in your face for the, the pimples? Yeah, it's like ever, a steroid basically injection. Yeah, I was there every other week. I was there bi-weekly in college until eventually I did Accutane and then my skin dried the fuck out. I need a moisturizer. But um, I'm going to do a quick plug and then we're going to do some questions. So guys, if you're listening, I use this product. This is, I'm bringing them on the show because I believe in it. Fucking love it. I still struggle even with other skincare products because I'm like to my wife, Tay, can you please tell me something to wear? Because she's giving me shit that I'm going to have horrible scarecrow and wrinkly face and all this shit when we're 50 and 60. Go to yoprettyboy.com. Check that out while you're listening to this and purchase it. I fucking love this shit. It is, it is amazing. I wear it every single day. And I'm a lifelong customer. So you should too, while you're listening to this, because you could hear the origin story. So I think something that's really cool that I had so much respect is you guys actually spent a fuck ton developing this. How'd you actually create a product even before launch? Because the money you put into this blew my fucking mind when I asked you like, what, two or three years ago. I was so impressed. How'd that happen? Yeah, I mean... I think like the core of everything we do, and if there's one piece of advice that we would give to anyone who's about to start out on this journey is like, you have to stay so true to your core and our core was us as consumers. So we had to fill our void and we had to make a product that worked for us. Like both of us will not use another moisturizer because this one is so good, but also like it's not, we're not only selling to us. Like you have to go out and get voice of customer before you develop anything. And so like, the first activity we did three years ago was we launched this survey on SurveyMonkey. And for anyone going down this path, like there's so many free resources to get information that can make a big thing for us was making the right decision or is making as close to the right decision as early as possible in the process so that we don't have to deal with fuck ups. And so that initial survey taught us everything that we needed to know about that development process so that we could, to your point, go in confidently and know that the money we were spending was going towards what was the actual communicated solution. We did a 200 person survey and Kevin already touched on it. So like that process was us going, okay, what do you guys actually care about in skincare? Well, one, they want simplicity. If we're going to tell you to do something every single day, it's got to be basic. It's got to be no more than three steps. So we said, all right, well, what are some of these steps that people recommend? There's anti-aging creams, there's eye creams, there's aftershaves, all these different things that go into it. And we were like, what can we do to consolidate these? We worked with a bunch of dermatologists, a bunch of formulators to say, can we actually make a product that can accomplish all of these skin concerns guys care about or target them, impact them with science-backed ingredients, the literature's out on them. And can we do something to consolidate and make this more simple? And then from there, it was learning, what do you want the product to feel like? 
So like long story short, we got all of this information from our customers, people who were showed interest. We went way outside of our net. We were asking people to send it to people we'd never even heard of, had a very wide sample size. And then that process was, you know, go through a contract manufacturing process, find a partner again, leverage your network. This is one thing, Jordan, you've always been like amazing with us about is like, if you're listening carefully to what people tell you, then you should always be able to pick up on something in that conversation and know someone else in your circle where it's mutually beneficial. And so someone that was a mentor to us, she was part of the founding team over at EOS, the egg-shaped lip balm. She passed us along to the contract manufacturer. And so again, that one-to-one connection, we knew they had done quality work. We knew they had launched an eight-figure, nine-figure brand. We knew that they could do what we needed them to do. And we had all of this market research already done. So like, interestingly enough, Looking back at the time, like it was really stressful going through that process, but was way more stressful was trying to find the correct lab, correct manufacturer without that one one off connection that could get you to the person that they already trusted. And once we found that, you know, it was deliver them the results of the survey. We knew exactly what we wanted to ask for. It had to be multifunctional. It had to target a bunch of different skin concerns that guys cared about. It had to be super lightweight, have that gel refreshing, refreshing, cooling feel and then just kind of progress through that manufacturing process, which for us ended up being a little more seamless, which allowed for us to then focus, instead of on the entire supply chain, we knew we had the final product coming the way that we wanted after the samples that had been given. It allowed us to then do like intense amount of effort on pre-market launch and pre, or pre-launch strategy. And so it was like all of that waiting time for the product to show up as finished goods was again, just about getting VOC. What do you want to see from our website? What do you want to see on our social presence? What kind of content do you want to talk to us about? Kevin and I are both like perfectionists, you know, to a sense, and we're constantly at times fall into the same imposter syndrome. I think a lot of people listening might feel that Jordan, you and I have talked about, Kevin and I talk about every day, which is you just got to make sure that you're getting one step further. And that manufacturing and launching that product process allowed us to be so intensely focused on the day we were turning that website on, checking off as many possible boxes that we could so that it was a seamless transition from like pre-launch to holy shit, these guys feel like they're one of the biggest brands in the space when it's just these two jamokes running the show here in California. I think on that too, just wrote out like, I don't think we really even realized we were doing it at the time, but looking back at it now and it was the best thing for us. You look at a lot of these companies and they go and they try to build a brand first, and we, we're just very intentional about everything we do. And the way we did it is, you know, we tried to understand what do the customers want? What do they want from an actual product? And then we'll build the brand around that. Because at the end of the day, like, especially in skincare, like a brand can only take you so far, but having great products that people actually want to use, you know, that's going to, what's going to keep the company alive. And especially in skincare for men who, you know, historically haven't wanted to use it. That's a question of why haven't they wanted to use it? Why aren't there products that are built the way we want? I loved how you started with the survey because I think about, I mean, we're friends for a reason, right? We're kind of all sharing the same thing. We're fit, consume clean products. And I remember Taylor and I talk about it all the time. I feel like I can't fucking buy anything without it just being like, just filled with absolute dog shit. No matter what that is, whether it's a product or food. And I loved how in your survey, you guys uncovered that clean is important. So I could really relate to that. So guys, if you're listening to this and you like clean products, here's another reason you should go to fucking yoprettyboy.com and buy their shit because it's great. So we developed the product. How much was your first batch of ordering? Because I remember it came in within the last like 18 months. It was big. 
how many products do you guys order once once you had it fully developed and all, all that stuff? 10K, and that's like the absolute minimum in skincare. So it was kind of a, hey, bet on yourself. Like, fuck it, if we can't, you know, it's a lot for a first order, but if it's if we can't sell it, then this isn't going to work anyway. So how'd you guys sell your first 10K? Go to market. What's that like going from like, this doesn't exist to now it's online. How do you actually sell? If anyone's listening, I, we all know that the FBI guys watching all of us are going to start funneling ads to your phone and they're listening. <laughs> so you're going to get, you're going to get hammered by our shit now, regardless if you go to the website or not, since Jordan <laughs> sent you there. One of the biggest things, and this is where like, again, we always talk about having complementary skill sets and like an intent, like partnering with someone who fills a gap you have or avoid. And I think that's where like, you know, it's crazy. Our first 10,000 products, you know, roughly 50% of those were sold by Kevin's beautiful mug talking about his eczema story. And I think that there's a lesson there. So like your question is like, how'd you actually sell it? The way that we sold it was again, making things authentic, transparent, showing what the product did, proving that the product worked, using results, social proof, and creating an emotional connection. I could go into tactical delivery of Facebook ads and Google ads and write blogs and have this social media posting frequency. But like anyone who's been in this position is going to realize that what works for one person doesn't work for another. One thing though, that I would like bet the mortgage on for anyone doing this is that if you have the actual emotional connection to your product and you create an emotional connection based on empathy to your customers, you're going to be able to convert. And so you know, like Kevin made that compliment of whether like, like earlier about my role and things like what's really cool is from the beginning, Kevin just made it his focus to develop the skill sets needed to show the brand and show the product and show the results in a way that was going to resonate. I, we just had this talk this morning where like one of the things that he does so well is he's just like, I mean, look at Jordan and I, we're both kind of dweeby, like Kevin's got that kind of like ultimate cool guy vibe to him, but how that plays out in a branding sense is he was just so focused on like looking what other people did. So how do we sell? Well, look at other people who sell well and kind of copycat certain of their approaches. So from the UGC content, Kevin was always looking at videos that were running in certain ad platforms the longest and trying to mimic those from how the website looked. It was like, well, this is a brand that I fuck with and their website looks like this. This is kind of dope. What can we pull over from it? So I think like to sell, don't focus on, you're going to have to do the ads. You're going to have to do the social media. You're going to have to do all the shit that you could read any blog on how to sell your product. And it's going to all say the same stuff, but your North star needs to be like, be authentic, create an emotional and empathetic connection with yourself, your product and your customer, and then leverage the success that has been done in front of you. Like don't recreate the wheel, but then put your own unique spin on it. And that's what we've done. That's like my take on how we sold and I think the most important take on how we've sold, but I always like to hear, you know, what Kevin or what like the other opinions are. Jordan, if you have any questions on that. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. I appreciate the compliments. I would say like on top of that, not recreating the wheel is like the 100% the best advice. Like in today's day and age, we have all the access in the world to automate things, get information to be successful. Like look at brands in your space what they're doing, what's been successful, go live on the Facebook ad library, see what ads have been running for months, try to replicate it. But like a hundred percent, what Ben said is try to put some authentic, you know, spin on it. I mean, that's hopefully why you're starting a business, you know, because you have a connection, those are the best businesses that win. But on top of that, I would say like everyone says, all right, you know, do the copycat game, put your spin on it. Like I think some of the Best advice to that as well is once you kind of figure out who your customer base is, 
don't only look at brands within your industry. I think some of the things that Ben and I love to do is look at brands that your customer love outside of your industry and find out what they're doing well and bring that into your industry to kind of disrupt. For instance, like we, we kind of bring a lot of this, you know, create this lifestyle, but highly clinical product, but we know a lot of our customers like the cuts, the rowbacks, the built basics, some of these lifestyle brands that are really blowing up and kind of utilize what's worked for them and bring it into a new industry like skincare. People have a phenomenal bullshit filter now. Like you can sense stuff that doesn't, that doesn't align. And I think especially the younger generations, like the Gen Z's, like they know what's real, what's fake. And so you just got to maintain what he said and put your own unique spin on it. But if it's real, like it can work in today's day and age. That's, that's a fact. I agree. When it comes to what you guys are talking about, I think ultimately the speed is the thing that matters the most, right? I get so many fucking questions. I'm like, yeah, you, you got to go out there, get advice and you need to implement. And this is what Hermosi talks about. Hermosi, I think is working by 5 a, 4 or 5 a.m. So by the time 8 a.m. rolls around, he's ready to put in four hours when the average person's already waking up. And I think the best at entrepreneurship, especially at the startup, it's you're grinding your face off but you have to move fucking fast and you've got to adopt and figure out what's working. So with that, two questions. The first one is what's the best platform you're using right now to acquire customers? What's working for you guys? Facebook's our number one channel. Like everyone's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. One TikTok might get fucking banned. I tried to be a TikTok influencer. I'll make the joke before Ben makes it. But I would say too, just as like a start, like, Find one that works for you and stick with it. Like you, you brought up Promosi. Like something we've learned is like pay attention to the data and see what works. Every industry is different. Every co-founder, every business is different. It's not going to be so cookie cutter. Like you can test and look online and try to copy all these people, but just for your product and your industry, you know, find out what works and then try to hammer that before you move on to other products. We tried to try to do the TikTok with the Facebook. That wasn't working. Facebook's been our best platform right now and we're kind of going all in on it. Scaling your agency month over month is hard. You have to work on delivery and worry about retention and sales, appointments, managing your team and so much more. I was able to grow a multi seven figure business and remove myself completely from the day to day operation. If you want to do the same, I will show you the exact process I followed to hit the $2 million per year run rate and completely remove myself from the operation. If you want to build the dream business and live the life of your dreams, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash value. I will show you how to build a business that can grow and operate without needing you. Once again, this is eightfigureagency.co forward slash value, and I will give you my best training ever for free. And just for everyone listening, we have a new client that is an e-com portfolio company. I think they've done, I don't remember, so they've either done 20 million in the last six months or 60 million in the last six months. I don't fucking remember. One of my conversations with them, there are four founders. I've met two of them and each of them has a specialization. One of them exclusively focuses on Facebook. One of them exclusively focuses on another platform. And they've been able to figure out a process on scaling their brand by expertise in a really small space. So at, Kevin, to your point, I think 
mastering the one thing, right? Whatever your one thing is, if it's Facebook, if it's TikTok, whatever, is ultimately the fastest way to get traction. With that. Real quick, and I gotta say, thank God for Ben too, the co-founder, because I'm always the one that's like, well, we gotta try this. And he's over there slapping me across the face saying like, let's stick to one thing before we move on. I think that's the biggest pitfall of so many founders. It's like, you do too much too fast. And that that's what breaks you. It's not, we're getting a little bit of success across a lot of different places. Just make one thing fucking work really well. And then that compounds and then you could take the profits or whatever from that and put it into the next thing. So real quick for you guys, I know you said you had some questions. Do you want to turn the tables? And before we do, do we want to make a quick call to action outside of go to yoprettyboy.com for our listeners? No, we'd love to have people go to yoprettyboy.com. I think the other thing we'd love to do Anyone who's listening to this who ever has any questions or any ideas about anything we've talked about, like we love for people to drop us notes all the time. And so if there's anyone out there that has a question or wants to get our perspective on something you're dealing with or thinks you could offer some insight, like by by the product, that'd be great. But we're right now more so we love just hearing from people and learning from the people around us. I mean, that's where Jordan's been so helpful. A thing we haven't really touched on enough here, I think, is the community aspect that is a key and a core component of businesses nowadays, especially a business like ours, they want to have a connection beyond just the product. And so that's something we're trying to build out right now and learn how we can do that even better, which is to really create, like what we say is we want to be the brand prototype for a men's personal care brand, but also just like a men's brand in general. So that comes from the lifestyle content and topics Kevin talked about that comes from coordinating really cool events and having people interface with each other and bounce ideas with each other. Like we would never have gotten to this point without people like you, without some of the other people who have kind of consistently provided free advice and brainstorming sessions and stuff like that. And so I think that in today's day and age, like community really is everything. I think we've stepped away or strayed away from having that, you know, neighborly feel both in the places that we live and the places that we work. Like it's, you kind of just go through your life day to day. You've got your circle of friends. And so we're really trying to grow that out. So anything at all that you ever have, if anyone had any ideas or thoughts or, or asked from us, we, we love talking about it and kind of passing it on the way other people have done for us. I actually agree with that completely. I love the ability to buy something. And if I could connect with the founder, for me, it's, I'm mainly connecting with guys on Twitter now. I love the accessibility of being able to service a product of business that I, I resonate with. And then I could just get easy access to the founder. I think it's a game changer for me. We've had so many people like drop into the inbox and say like, wow, you don't usually get like it, the founder's not usually responding to the email or like Kevin in the DMs, like, oh, the founder's responding. Like, and I think that's, what's really cool about the stage we're at and where you're at too, Jordan is like, we're both still at stages where we can have that personal touch. Obviously there's an element that, once you get to a certain level, it's just like not possible. But even Tim Cook still has his email address public. Ga- like, Gary, Gary V. Gary yeah. V still hits up people in the DMs all the fucking time. Yeah. I look at that as there will be a point where you can't get to everyone. But I think for me, I will always have my email available. I just might not respond. And if I'm getting 100 emails, I might only respond to five, right? right. I, I like mm-hmm. that. But the five people you touch makes a big fucking difference. Those are five lifetime customers or followers or whatever. Dude, 100%. I think like one thing that, and this is where you've been so helpful is like, you built your business on understanding processes and finding a way to collect those processes, scale them, deliver those to people and really optimize 
the operational and organizational health of a business from ground up, especially people who have like you, you've dealt with some really big names that have scaled like really, really fast. So to the average eye looking in, we might see one of those big names and be like, you know, holy shit, that person has a million followers. Like they're, they're crushing it. They must be rolling around in a Lambo all day long and like life is easy. But that's not the case. And we're seeing that we're not at that scale yet. I'm still driving like a shitty Toyota RAV4. (laughs) Cool car though. Like my question to you is like, what does that look like for you when you see these people who do seem on the outside, like they have everything figured out? What is the shit that you uncover? And what's some of that best recommendations for us? Like we're at that point where this isn't just like a side hustle or a, a startup anymore. Like this is a fucking massive corporation in the future. And we need to start running it like a business. Like what are some of the things that you, that shit you uncover and what are your first kind of like steps that you talk to those people that are inbound and like people like us? Cause I think that's, what's so fascinating about your business. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, first, right. I target the big names. Now I target the JT Barnett's, the Joel Lagolis, the Wiz of Ecoms. I could keep going, but like I target these brands that have hundreds of thousands of followers. (laughs) But for me, I'm prospecting these people. I'm building a relationship with them because I know if I sign them for my business, it carries weight and there's social proof. They're like, oh, if Jordan, ADAF's work, if this person's working with it, if JT Barnett's working with ADAF, fuck, I could work with ADAF, right? So first, it's always more glorious on the outside because operations is like the least discussed topic. If we take off every single topic that you have to do for your business, marketing, sales, management, finances, like ops and scaling a company is like the least discussed. It's like the least amount of content and books have been written on this topic. So I think that's one thing. So on the marketplace, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Like no one, 99% of the people I meet don't know what the fuck they're doing. I've gone into nine figure businesses like Hawk Media and it's a fucking shit show. So for those of you guys that know, Hawk Media is a LA agency. They're LinkedIn's fast, one LinkedIn's fast growing companies in 2020, nine figure business, fucking shit show. So when you see these influencers, they really don't fucking have it all together. How do we get some economies of scale so this shit could start to scale faster? I always talk about the workflow. So for you guys, I don't necessarily understand scaling an e-com brand, but when it comes to the logistics of your day-to-day, what are, from every point of we a customer buys something, we have to package an order, we have to ship it, and then what are all those things? Like there's probably a customer satisfaction or customer service workflow, right? Someone makes an inquiry. What are those steps? It's, it's usually just mapping a first step all the way to completion. What and is you your map- number one tool on that point to like, what's the number one tool you recommend for when you start? Like a lot of people love Notion. A lot of people love, like what is your go-to of like when you start building that out, were you doing at the early onsets of starting ADEF? Were you like Google Sheets? Google Sheets works. And for those of you listening, I'm showing them, right? Like I like to map out on Google Sheets because all you have to do is map out the first step all the way to the last step, right? But inside of there, the column B is the steps. Column C is the owner. Who owns that step, right? You want to have a column that also has the SOP. How do you actually do this step, right? What's the a standard operating procedure for those of you who don't know, it's a step-by-step process on how to do this step of the process, right? What I do from here, once you have this, like let's just say a customer submits an inquiry, 
what do we do? That's one step in the customer service process. But if you have a template on how you do an elongated process, you take this template, you put it into project management. So there's a million different softwares for project management. But if you, if you do this, then you're fine. We were never streaming live, Ben. I said the word <laughs> live for recording. We're not actually live. No one's watching us right now. No, that's cool. And it's just interesting because, yeah, that's like for us, we're, we're jumping into that phase of now, like, we just actually took on like a virtual assistant and we're going to be onboarding her over these next kind of two weeks. And I think like what you just mentioned is a lot of that stuff because now we're in a position where we're going to have wasted time teaching her these things that we didn't build out. Thankfully, she's going to help build them out. That's going to be some of her early tasks. But like, we're seeing the pain of not doing some of this stuff already, as we now are going to have to waste time to teach someone how to do some of this stuff. Easiest thing. So when did she start? What's her start date? This week. <laughs> we're figuring it out, dude. Don't fucking give me your condescending bullshit looks. No, no, no. I'm saying I thought we had like two weeks, you know? For her, you need a home run on everything, Jordan. Come on. What the fuck? I didn't do anything. <laughs> what I was gonna say, one of the biggest hacks I talked about for this is killing two birds with one stone. If you know this chick is gonna have to do one of these things, do you have Loom? L O M. No, but I'm familiar. Get yeah. Loom. Loom.com. I think it's like a the subscription, like five or ten bucks a month. Next time you do a task that you know you're gonna have to delegate, as you're doing it on your computer, hey, what's her name? Catherine. Probably don't want to say hey, Catherine. Hey, team. This is Ben. I'm about to show you how to do a, a customer submit a request to mm-hmm. solve this. I'm going to show you how I do this. So you pull up Loom as you're actually doing the yeah. task. Yes. Yeah, and now you're building a training and you're actually doing the thing that you have to do anyway. So now you put that into, and you could aggregate these. There's a few different places. You could aggregate these. Like I said, if you have your workflow, you could have them in here. You could have them in Notion. You could have them in Google. It doesn't matter where you aggregate them. You do want a database where you could aggregate them. But now when this person needs to do the thing, instead of you having to train her, you mm-hmm. have a loom. You send her the loom, right? Yeah. So that's the best way I found to start scaling some of those tasks. Kev, do you got anything? I mean, one of the biggest things that both of us and a lot of our friends back home respected about you. I mean, you started this thing by yourself. Um, we talked about fortune. I know Ben's fortunate to have like a co-founder to the you know, has opposite skill sets because like neither of us could get to this point by ourselves. Like that's a fact. And you've done this by yourself, but especially one of the things that we've even struggled with, we're getting better at, but like for your listeners, how sometimes you get into analysis paralysis, how do you go about looking at your day and outlining like, what are the most important things I need to be doing to, you know, take steps forward? How do you plan out your day? And then how, I guess, do you evaluate what are the most important things? Um, Because sometimes we struggle with that too. Like as a founder, there's shit you could be doing 24-7. And if you're not good at organization and planning out like what you actually have to be doing, then you're just fucking staring at the wall, trying to do a million things at once, but getting nothing done. I think this is the number one skill. Like this is the number one skill for success. Like by fucking parts. If you're listening, like this is the number one thing that I learned at Amazon that has enabled me to, to get to where I'm at today that will take me to where I want to go. I learned this from The One Thing, amazing book, somewhere up there on the fucking bookshelf. It's reverse engineering your success. So this is my actual 401 stands for four weeks, one month, one year. We're rebranding it for eight hours, we're calling in the GPS, one year goal, one 
the quarterly priority and the one week sprint. So for you, yeah, no, I'm curious. What was the book called? The one thing. The one. Kevin's thing. also learning how to read as part yeah. of this. Like really, cool. you guys were wondering. I'm learning but it. It's by Gary Cutter. They also have a training curriculum on teach. Like I took the training curriculum in 2017 because I I went to Amazon. I was dude. I was got fired twice from Amazon. Not once, twice, because I couldn't figure this out. And when you're running an Amazonian operation, you have to know this. For me, you pick your one-year goal. So for you guys, like we're going to pick an arbitrary number. Let's say in 12 months from today, you want to have a million dollars in profit annually. Like, like let's say that's our goal. If that is the North Star, what do we need to accomplish in the next month or the next quarter? You could skip the quarter. You could go to the month. But like, I'll read you guys mine out loud for listeners. I want to be at $600,000 a month by the end of this year. I want to be at 250K MRR by the end of Q2. And if I'm breaking down 600 to 250, what's the number one thing I can do this month? If I only accomplish one goal this month, that's going to get me to 250K MRR. What's that thing? For me, it's I have to do 150 appointments this month, right? So this is where I start to break down. Okay, if I am going to accomplish this one main goal, what's the one thing I have to accomplish this month? I have to hit 150 appointments. How am I going to do 150 appointments, right? Okay, I need to have my webinar funnel go live. I need to get an admin set up for podcast outreach and webinar outreach. But this one thing becomes like a list of like three or four things. Then when I go down to the, the day, this task will get broken down. So Wiz is assigning me a few things to do that's in relation to this. I need to make a VSL for the webinar funnel. I need to make a few videos for content for him. This gets broken down into my daily tasks. So when you wake up, there's a million fucking things to do. I always make sure I'm executing my daily 411 that compounds into my monthly 411 that compounds into my quarterly 401 that allows me to get here. If I only do this one thing, such that by doing so, everything else becomes unnecessary. So for you guys, like what's the one thing? This is where we were talking about before, Facebook. Like, okay, we need to double down on Facebook, right? Or, okay, we need to go to this next platform. This is the one skill that I've gotten really fucking good at that has compounded the success that I'm at today. Does that help? That's what, yeah, that helps a ton. And it's interesting to see that. And we do, it's funny because we talk about this stuff all the time. We actually just got off a call today with another advisor who was talking through like, and this was what I talked to you about earlier this week for people listening, like, we're growing like crazy, dude. Like our business is good. We've got overall healthy gross margins. We've got a healthy net margin but it's trying to really actually understand what's happening to contribute to that. And I think some of the things you talked about here, setting that one goal backtracking in, that's what we just talked about with this guy in this call today about like, you know, okay, if our goal is $1 million in revenue this year, then what has to happen for that? Well, what's your conversion rate and what's your CAC? So if your conversion rate that and your CAC's this, then like, what does your cost per click need to be to backtrack into that? And like looking at things through that process. And I think, it's something that's been really cool to watch you do as you've built this out. And we've seen some of it more intimately in recent years, but always kind of knew you were doing this. Like when you started early on posting on LinkedIn more, posting on social, like we knew you were up to something. It's cool to see how you've really specialized and mastered this skill set. What was that platform you were using? Like the project management platform. And then also, like you said, you almost got canned twice at Amazon. Like how did you figure it out? Like also too. So I use Airtable. We can build out your CRM integrations, everything you need, project management, templatization. We'll build it for you. Email me or go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call and you could talk to us about it. 
that email is jordan at afigureagency.co. You know, this is just a template that I use. And I'll just say this real quick. This is the game of your forecasting. You're making a prediction. That's all this is, right? And a prediction is just, I'm assuming this is going to work, but I don't actually know. The more you do this, the better you get at predicting, right? So the best entrepreneurs are able to ha be really fucking good at strategy. And all strategy is, is I believe this thing will lead to this result. And this is the formal process of I'm making a, a strategy or a forecast of I think this will lead to this. And the more you do it, the better you get at being able to say, if I do A, it's going to lead to B, which is going to get me to C. And the more feedback you do that, that works. And before this, before we keep going, I want to give you guys a plug for Pretty Boy. Ben, I think we have a, a code to give to our audience. What's the code if they want to, to get Pretty Boy? Yeah, you're really good at these just like super subtle plugs. <laughs> sure, everyone is like, wow, I didn't really sign up for the sham wow infomercial guy, but they listen to me all the time. So they're they're happy yeah. to buy to buy. Use the code eight, like the number eight F and fifteen for fifteen percent off. But we we love Jordan and we're appreciative to anyone who actually thinks anything we're saying is worth listening to because we question that half of the time that we talk. So it's cool to know people like enjoying <clears throat> hearing our story and our processes. Mm -hmm. Jordan, when you, because we're getting close, so let's let's throw it all on the table and be be pretty transparent here and authentic. Kevin and I fucking despise our day jobs, so hopefully none of our uh, coworkers are also starting an agency and happen to find themselves in your <laughs> podcast. But we are about as burnt out as can be, and I mean we've done three years of working two jobs now. I had a short month and a half stint of working three when I was in between my last one and this one, and we're fucking fried. When was the defining moment? where you were like, no, this is it. Like, I've got to go on my own because we, I think it was important for us to not quit until now, but we are at the point where every moment we don't focus on this 100%. You need to have that fight or flight bet on yourself moment and walk us through like what you were thinking about this, the fears, the excitement, like how you paid yourself at first or how you made, like, was it all savings? Like, what was that like for you? The leap is fucking the most exhilarating and empowering thing ever, but like, it's like go time. So, so I quit Amazon the summer of 2020, July 1st, 2020, I was out like a light, like Drake said. I knew that's when I was gonna quit because I had, that's when I, I vested the last day of June, 2020, all my stock and my agreement with Taylor was, I hate my life. Please don't let me work here. And she's like, you're going to an idiot if you quit. So that was it. I knew a year. She's before. always been the brain's year operation. We know that. To know that shit. <laughs> um, so that was my date. I just ate shit. So I was working just like you guys are. Like when I was working night shift at Amazon in 2018, I was working Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday, Friday, I was doing a full, two full work days. And I was just testing shit, like figuring out what worked. When I knew I was for sure going to quit, that's when I knew I had to build up um, income so I could quit. So when I quit Amazon, I had built up $3,000 worth of monthly revenue and Taylor gave me a 90 day ultimatum. It's you're going, you either are going to get the same amount of revenue into your business to pay us that you're making an Amazon. You got to go get a job. That really sucked. I, I was really upset by 90 that. But, days. So for me, it's different because you guys have a product. What I ultimately just figured out is if within 90 days, I have to be making this amount of money profit or I got to go get a job, which for me, I was never getting a job. Like I was going <laughs> to, don't tell Ty, but I was, I wasn't like, I was going to convince her otherwise. 
So I think for you guys, right, this is what we were talking about last week, Ben, like how much do you need to make and profit per month to quit? And then within 90 days, how much do you need to see in profit for you to feel comfortable to stay in the game? Because the, when you quit, the number one rule in entrepreneurship is survival. That's it. Well, I think one thing to your point that is interesting, and we're having a call later this week to model this out is like, and someone, anyone, if you are listening to this and you've done this, like, please hit us up, Ben at Yo Pretty Boy, Kevin at Yo Pretty Boy. Like, because we have a product, we can play the debt game too. Like when we're looking at overall financial health and skew margins and stuff like that, like we can see the trajectory, but also just looking at it as like, okay, well, like we have a constant credit card balance and we don't miss payments on it, but you can leverage that to basically increase what you can pay yourself, knowing that you're going to get a certain amount of revenue in each month. And we're at that point where it is, it's just, it's compromising our success Mm -hmm. to not go all in. We are all in and we've been all in since day one, but to really do that, to take away that safety net and to give yourself the time, like I mentioned you, Jordan, like if Kevin and I have like right now, we don't have time to do as many working sessions together as we should. Like we're on the phone and like we work through problems, but like if every day or three days a week, we had three hours blocked off of, Hey, we're tackling this together, joining the minds and we're going to find a solution or take that step. Like we would accelerate that. And like, I just know in the deepest part of my core that like, that's where we'll start seeing that actual increased revenue growth because we're going to be eliminating the barriers that we're facing every single day that we're just like, letting fuck us for the time being. I think you guys need to For for perspective though, for what Ben's saying too, just for the listeners. So like, we started this three years ago, we did two years of R&D. We launched last, or or February of 2022. So our business has been live for about, well, 13 months. All right. So we, we hung on to a sales job, knowing that, you know, hey, like we have kind of more time than some people going to the office. And then we've grown a business to this point to where now it's like, we have so much going on, fortunately, with Pretty Boy that now our day job is really impacting the growth of the business. And it's trying to find the balance of instead going all in to take us that next level even more. I think you guys need to look at your profit. When my business is profiting $10,000 a month, $20,000 a month, I've had someone tell me $50,000 a month. Had someone tell me $80,000 a month. I was like, bro, you're fucking out of your mind. Pick a number. And when you hit that number, that's when you quit. The guy was a sick in profit. He's like, what, in revenue. He's like, when my business does $80,000 a month in revenue, I'll quit my day job. I'm like, what's your margin? He's like, 80%. I'm like, fuck you. You're being a pussy. I think that's what you got to do, guys. I, I really do believe you guys have to pick a number that you will feel good because you have to pay yourself too. Like, I would just say, how much am I comfortable living on? And that's what I did. I, I can make $3,000 a month work. I could fucking make it work. I'm going to make it work. And I also have cash in the bank that I was down to pull out 10, 15, 20K because I knew I would make it work. I think that's your number. Yo, pick a number. When you guys hit it, fucking quit. Then I think, because I know you're a savvy entrepreneur, because I know you got some cash on hand, I think it'd be really hard for me not to quit if I were you, bro. No, we're, we're there. It's that's why I just like hearing your story. It's going to happen. We're, I give us a maximum of 90 days and I don't even think we'll last that long. I can't even last 10 seconds. So 90 days is very impressive. Yeah, we know that. (laughs) Um, It's cool. Thank you for doing this.
I mean, and anyone who listens to your podcast knows this. I think one of the best traits about you is you are unbelievably willing to give of your time and to give your thoughts and help people out in a non quid pro quo format. Obviously you already, you were pretty transparent about it. Like, yes, the things you do is to get new business. You'll connect people with the hopes of getting new business. You'll bring in an influencer or high follower count person. Cause that gives you the social proof, but like anyone who, and hopefully I don't give you just an influx of like free consulting requests, but like anyone who's ever interacted with you knows that you're just like so willing to give of your time and your thoughts and you'll help. I mean, you've always helped Kevin and us and I. From well, you guys are homies. You guys get free shit because I love you boys. But yeah, I mean, dude, I appreciate you. I think it's a rare thing. Like no one's a fucking entrepreneur in our circle besides us three. Right. So I want you to win because when you win, that's going to be sick. It's going to be like a Tuesday. I'm going to hit you and this be a year from now. I'll be like, yo, I don't want to fucking work. Do you want to come? Like, like I hate working right now. I just want to fucking go to Europe right now. I love working, but I'm in the mood for a vacation. So I'm happy to help you guys succeed. And I'll do that for free. And for everyone listening, to Ben's point, I'm a big believer in the law of abundance. I've been giving a lot because one, I believe that's how you build a relationship at scale. And then two, I also just think what you give comes back 10x. So and also, don't take that seriously about I hate working. I love what I do. I'm just ready for a vacation. So with that, guys, any final call to actions, any reminders for the audience and the listeners? Hit us up at YoPrettyBoy.com. And like Ben said, Ben at YoPrettyBoy, Kevin at YoPrettyBoy. We'd love to hear from you guys. YoPrettyBoy.com. That is code 8F15. That is code, the number 8F as in Francis, 1-5. YoPrettyBoy.com backslash or is that forward that's a forward slash i'm dyslexic forward slash ben was that is that backslash uh, yeah forward slash that was for you to copy that and you can I, post. I, th- this will be in the notes but for your dyslexic listeners me shit just say slash it'll be in the notes guys what is good agency owners thank you so much for listening to this episode if you were looking for support growing your agency and are not sure the best way to do that Go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call where you will book a call with us and we will start our process to help you figure out what is the best way to grow your business. We're going to review your systems, add value, and help you understand a new model and system that you can start to build that is going to easily enable massive growth this year. Once again, that is eightfigureagency.co forward slash call where we will help you scale your agency and add $10,000 in MRR per month. Cheers.